0: Things that we tell people as a society, like you're supposed to have done X by this, you've got to have, you know, you've got to bought your house by this time, you're supposed to be married by this time. Like, why? 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 It doesn't work for a lot of people. Sometimes we think we're going to arrive at this point and be like, wow, I'm 100% well. I love my body. I love myself. I love my job. Like, I am well. But actually, it's not like that end goal that we're moving towards. It's like in the day to day. It's so courageous to ask for help because that's normally the scariest thing and it's really hard to admit when something isn't right. Hello and welcome to the Things
1: I Wish I'd Known podcast where we inspire positive change through conversation with your host me Rachel Welford and today I am so ecstatic to be here with somebody that I can call my close friend. If you've ever been to one of the late night lock-ins that we do with more yoga you will have met Liz and if you're in the Happy Habits Club you will have met her too because she did the most amazing back to yoga session for us. (laughs) If you don't know who she is you are in for a treat she is an incredible incredible human being number one but she is also a holistic well-being coach and yoga therapist and she specializes in stress and anxiety she works as the head of wellness at more yoga which is one of the is it the i think it's the biggest yoga studios in london now isn't it yeah yeah huge they're they're everywhere and also (laughs) and i'm probably going to do myself an injustice here but i feel like of the yoga studios in london they're one of the most simple you know like every time you go to a more y- yoga studio I always feel really welcome
0: yes I'm never like yeah, worried exactly. about whether
1: I can like bend myself into a pretzel enough I feel like I can just kind of go in do yeah. my yoga go home without feeling like oh god I'm not I can't do a headstand <laughs> other people in the class can do a headstand and that's also okay good for you guys right. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just here for Shavasana so totally <laughs> but we, you're gonna get to know her over the course of this conversation which I imagine is primarily gonna be me and T.Here's laughing we laugh a lot when we're together so. <laughs> but she started her career I mean this is super interesting right you started your career in luxury fashion
0: I did, I did. You probably wouldn't believe it now because I pretty much wear head to toe Oxfam <laughs> or charity shop clothes. That is fashion, babe. That is fashion, vintage. They're
1: leaked. Eco.
0: <laughs> That's me.
1: She can. She's an Ambry Turner.
0: Turner. Um, but you were working for like Vivian Westwood, Netta Porter, right? Yeah, I was. So I started my career in the glamorous world of luxury fashion and um, did like an entire 360, I suppose, on life. Um, And now, (laughs) thanks to your very, very kind introduction, I do quite a few different things, but all around stress and anxiety and kind of managing it.
1: And that was because you became, you were diagnosed, right, with malignant hypertension? Yeah, it was anxiety. I mean, can you just share with people what that must have been like? Because when you think about hypertension, you don't think about, you know, anyone that hasn't seen Liz as well, if you're just listening on the podcast, very beautiful, very, you know, healthy looking young woman, right? And so when you think about hypertension, you tend to think about with all due respect people that are a bit older maybe they're yeah. like quite overweight maybe they struggle with other health problems maybe they don't exercise very much but you know you're super active and you know totally. doing yoga all the time and so it's quite a must have been quite a shock <laughs>
0: it was quite a shock yeah. and it was I mean it's um it's quite a fun story <laughs> Lots of highs and lows. But um, it really taught me, I guess, to listen to your body and your intuition. And it was a real lesson in like pushing away your authentic self and trying to fit into what you think you should be. And I think that's where a lot of anxiety and stress actually stems from. Um, Kind of not actually living your authentic self, I guess, and trying to be. Who is it? It's Jim Carrey who says, isn't it, that depression is where we need deep rest from the avatars that we're playing and that we're wearing and I think for me I was working in fashion I loved fashion I loved design I loved all creative things you know I was into that when I was you know 18 at art college went to uni did it absolutely loved that area of life and then when I got into my 20s I started kind of you know changing what I liked a little bit I was a little bit curious about spirituality and all those kind of things um still working in this high pressure luxury fashion job and then um my granddad passed away really quite suddenly from a stroke and my best mate's mum also passed away within very close proximity to Mm. each other and she said to me I'm gonna go to India and go backpacking and I was you know early 20s and I just thought I'm coming let's go let's go together like we both got the same amount of money and we both had like this little pot and we thought let's go away together and if anyone who's been to India and been backpacking knows you know the experience that can happen there and it was pretty eye-opening to see the world in a way that I'd never seen it mm-hmm. um And we spent three months going around India and Nepal and doing some work in charities and things and absolutely just kind of opening my eyes to this different side of the world that was not luxury fashion. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, uh, she left after three months. She had to go home to her business and her partner and things. And I stayed on and was offered this amazing opportunity in Bali to work for an anti child trafficking charity called the Safe Childhoods Foundation. Um, and it was very, you know, like when they say you're in flow with your life, like yeah. things were just flowing so naturally. Like this opportunity came. The lady who set it up was from London. Um, and uh, I ended up going over there for nine months and spending nine months volunteering for this charity over there. And over the course of those nine months I got into you know yoga, wellness, meditation, all of these kind of crazy spiritual experiences that the London me had no idea would ever you know be real or take yeah. place. And I think after that experience and kind of seeing people you know living, these real lives, living in the slums in Denpasar and, you know, going through really traumatic experiences every day, I came back to London, went back into luxury fashion and just thought, what the hell am I doing here? Mm. Like, And I just couldn't I couldn't settle back into London life. And I, I think that's when anxiety... I know I've always had anxiety since being a kid, but I think that's when it started really raising its head and becoming kind of unbearable because I wasn't in flow with what I was doing. I didn't believe in what I was doing anymore. I didn't mm. feel like I was doing anything to help anybody and had this real, like you know, contrast of like the person who was over in Bali making a difference a little bit and like living living their best life and all that kind of thing, like rolling around on my moped doing yoga every day. And then coming back to London and feeling very like at odds with myself and the world. Mm -hmm. Um and I went I went back over to Bali after saving up enough money to go and do my yoga teacher training. Went and did that, was like back in the flow of the universe, really happy, loving life. And then um, came back to London, ended up working for a mental health um, a business, uh, the Big White Wall, for about a year and a half as the EA to the CEO. And I loved every single minute of it and worked mm. with this incredible powerhouse of a woman who was just like inspirational, changing the world, doing TED Talks, going to all these you know, amazing events and just learning about mental health and suddenly thinking, Fuck, like I have <laughs> I, I understand what's going on. I understand what these people what everyone's experiencing. Um and when that business was sold and I essentially needed to leave, I went to a fashion job that I'd been offered, I think I'd been offered it about six months before. I'd ended up turning it down, it didn't feel right, and then it came up again. And I started it in this kind of small, very high-end luxury studio. And within a month, um, I went back home to my parents for Father's Day. And my phone was like going all day long, you know, like work, 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 ring, Mm ring, ring, like back into that kind of madness. And uh, my mum just I'm imagining
1: Devil Wears Prada Prada vibes.
0: Very Devil Wears (laughs) Prada vibes. Very Devil Wears Prada. And uh, my mum is very... um, you know very clued up to things she's a very spiritual person and she looked at me and just said something's wrong like I know something's wrong you need to go and see the doctor tomorrow morning I was like I need to go back to work you know I've just started this job I haven't got time for my health I haven't got time for my health nothing's wrong Mm. and I sat down with this doctor and he just looked at me he was like how old are you I I was about 28 at the time and he read my blood pressure and just uh, wrote down on a piece and I just burst out crying and he was like what's what are you crying for like what's wrong I was like I just started this new job and it's really high pressure and uh, but I'm fine (laughs) and uh, he wrote down the number and uh, basically just handed me a piece of paper and was like I'm signing you off work for a month Um, I suggest you quit this job you've got malignant hypertension Uh, you could have a stroke before you're 30 if you don't
1: Wow. Get this under wraps, wow. and
0: he was like, "And I think you need to. We need to get you signed up for some therapy because I think you have, um, se- like severe anxiety as well from everything you've told me about in this session." And I was just like, "Bomb!" You know, like what? <laughs> That's insane. man uh, uh, like, go
1: uh, if you can. I'm just thinking, like, going back to that moment of hearing, you could have a stroke by the time you're thirty. Yeah wow
0: <laughs> and I was. Like, I mean that
1: is a wake-up moment yeah. if isn't it you know yeah. I, I mean a lot of us on this path right regardless of how you what you want to call this path everyone has different words for it you know spiritual path whatever and I think I don't know how you feel about this but I know at the beginning you were sort of talking about living your authentic life and authenticity and all this kind of stuff and as much as I 100% believe in that I think a lot of these things at the moment, with Instagram and especially following the pandemic, it seems to almost be a buzzword. Yeah. And like a thing for people. It's almost like well being now is like a thing on your to do list that needs to be ticked off. Like, okay, I did my five minutes of medita- meditation tick, you know, and I've been guilty of that as well. So when you started on this path, did you find that as you started to go into these practices right you're in Bali you're doing your yoga teacher training you've really embraced the practices and then after a while maybe the practices I don't know they become a bit routine and they lose a bit of their magic to an an extent how do you keep your because I know that you're very good at like your upkeep if that makes sense so you've got your diagnosis you've you know you've started all these new practices I imagine like most people we go through that phase where it's like oh my god this is the best thing ever this is all we (laughs) want to do how do you keep that motivation going when maybe it you know I now feel healthy I now feel happy I now feel like how do you keep that motivation with your practices
0: I think it's important to mix mix them up a little bit like don't Mm. keep you know I think anything gets stale if it becomes too routine doesn't it um and I'm also a big believer in now not not in my 20s but now I'm in my mid-30s I'm a big believer in doing stuff that feels good so I think you know if you're not someone who loves the gym don't go to the gym don't force yourself because you won't then keep it up it won't be sustainable Mm. so for me it's always been like I love yoga I've got a few teachers that I just love their classes never fail to really enjoy them I love gong baths as you know um and I find them especially yours (laughs) incredibly (laughs) little free
1: plug I paid her for that one guys
0: (laughs) do you know what I mean mixing it up and you know I'm a I'm a big geek like I was looking at my bookshelf the other day and I was like, wow, all you have on your bookshelf is kind of like books about the moon, books about yoga, books about the chakras and kind of, you know, finding things that you like that that, yeah. that light you up as, um, as corny as that can sound sometimes. But yeah. I think that's an important thing to do to keep up with habits and with good things in your routine, like make them stuff you love, even yeah. like going for a walk, going for a walk somewhere nice, you know, in the park instead of down the road
1: yeah god forbid anyone ever looks at my bookshelf i look like a psycho it's all about tra-
0: trauma 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 self-care <laughs>
1: self-help self-help <laughs> it's like god <laughs> someone would come around yeah. and be like you okay hun?" i i'll be like not really <laughs> <laughs> i'm better now but these books really right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> so on your journey because it's, it's been quite a, a big journey for you i mean you've done some incredible things right you're an a, a real passionate advocate for mental health um awareness and you've been featured on loads of different things like time out women's health the times telegraph I'm trying to think um time and leisure like yeah, loads, yeah. Of, loads and loads of different platforms that you've been featured on if you had to culminate all that learning and all those experiences what do you think would be your biggest learning so far on the journey
0: so my biggest learning I think with um with ang- with anxiety and with managing stress um I think something I've definitely learned is that it's just as brave to ask for help mm. um and you know not to get too deep into it but I think when I was at my very very lowest after I'd had that diagnosis I was le- I left my job I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I basically was told you can't work in the industry, that the only industry you've got any experience in because mm-hmm. you can't handle stress. And that was the kind of identity I took on. Like, I can't take stress. So how am I going to survive in London? <laughs> like How am I ever going to do anything with my life? But instead of asking for help, I kind of masked it. Like, I didn't want to admit it to anyone. I didn't even tell some of my best friends. I was just like, oh, yeah, I've got a little blood pressure condition. Um, mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been signed off work. I'm just taking a break. I'm just taking a hiatus like it's fine I didn't want to talk to anybody about it and I wish now I had asked for help from my friends I wish I'd asked for more help from my family because I think I got myself into the right pickle like getting to a really low point where I was you know suicidal and really not treating myself well in the slightest Mm. and it was only the people who like banged my door down and forced themselves in a few kind of a few friends who were really there for me and um kind of forced me to get help kind of helped me you know have I guess the courage to ask for help so I think through my journey and when I speak and work with people now I always say to them you know it's so courageous to ask for help
1: because Mm. that's normally
0: the scariest thing and it's really hard to admit when something isn't right because even now, like mental health, there's still a massive stigma attached. It's changing a lot, but there's still a massive stigma attached to mental health. And I think there's still a massive, you know, like, oh, you can't handle stress. You can't handle it. Absolutely. And I think especially
1: in certain workplaces, like, yeah. you know, I often go in and do trainings in in corporate companies and some of the feedback that I get from the staff. And it's it's really tricky because it's like this trickle down effect, like, you know, the 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 CEOs and the, the the people that finance the company wouldn't be paying someone like me to come into their company if they didn't care about their stuff, right? Yeah, and course. I know there are things now where it's there are some that do it for a tick box and whatever, but I think yeah. genuinely there's a lot of corporate companies that really care about their stuff or at least the ones that I get to go and work in, which is great. Yeah. However, the feedback on the ground level tends to be, I don't want to look incompetent. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to look yeah. like I can't do my job. I don't want to, so they don't ask for help because they don't want to look like they can't do what they're being paid to do. Of course. And I massively had that as well. Like even when I was still really quite unwell with depression, and I noticed this pattern in myself even now. Like yeah. now when I have dips with depression or my mental health's not great, it's like realistically on the scale of, on my scale of mental health, it's so minor. It's almost <laughs> like not laughable but like when I think of the depths that my mental health used to go to when I have a dip now it's like I mean it's still unpleasant but it's not like I'm not trying to kill myself or anything like that so it's it's handleable but even now (laughs) (laughs) even now I sort of struggle to say I'm having a dip because I now it's the other way around now I think oh come on Rach this ain't a dip yeah call this a dip you used to you, you know wait <laughs> you remember yeah. you know what I mean it's like oh well you know it's not like you're trying to throw yourself off a building or like you're not trying to jump in front of a train so you're probably all right and I'm like yeah. no, but if it's a dip for you it's a dip for you and I think it's that fear often of admitting to yourself that something isn't right yes. when you say it out loud to another person it makes it real all the time it's like in your head yes. you can sort of avoid it you can sort of play it down like oh, I just need a good night's sleep or I just need a holiday I just need to yeah. like get out next week will be different yeah exactly. You know, and it's not different and that can go on for years until eventually it's yeah. like I always think it's often this really insidious little drops until eventually you're like Ugh. and so yeah I yeah. massively agree like asking for help before you really think you need it,
0: yes, it's <laughs> probably
1: like a good rule of thumb. I'm like, it you know, I'll sometimes ask myself in my head, like, if this was one of your friends and they felt like this, would you want them to contact you and ask for help? Yeah,
0: exactly. Would you want them
1: feeling like this by themselves? Yeah, and if the answer is no, I'd want them to contact me if they felt this crap and let uh, allow me to. Pick up some of the slack for them, or even just come and sit with them, yeah. or give them a hug, or watch a movie with them, or whatever they might
0: need. Because it's exactly. often not even a big. No, thing. it's not even like people need a lot of you know advice or you know there's professional help that can help you with that. A lot of the time, you just need to be, you know, have people around you and be supported, and not be on your own with your thoughts when you're in one of those spirals or when you're feeling yeah. incredibly low. And, be and I think. Yeah, feeling seen and not judged. A feeling like a burden isn't it that's always been mm-hmm. like my big fear throughout my life and you know I'm still unraveling that story but you know yeah. I think a lot of people with their mental health think I don't want to be a burden why would anyone want to be around me when I'm feeling like this so I'm gonna separate myself from my friends and yeah. my family and the people around me and that can become really dangerous because actually you know if, if we've learned anything from the past couple of years we know that isolation can be you know can cause mental health problems it can Absolutely. be so damaging to be to be in isolation and to and to be so distant and apart from people so I think that's yeah that's something um, I've definitely taken on from the past you know yeah seasons, I love that it is. how old am I now um <laughs> going through this kind of journey and, and really getting into the world of mental health which now I think is an amazing place to be and is something that is you know growing and changing and people are talking and you know I think it's we're on the right tracks which yeah, is yeah
1: I agree What one piece of advice would you
0: share with a younger Liz, if you could go back? Ah, Younger Liz. (laughs) (laughs) A crazy cat. Do you know, I think one thing, I wish I could give my younger self a massive, massive hug and say... So actually two things if that's okay one thing is that it is okay to change direction um, I think yeah. we are so tall and so it's like so drilled into us that like you go to university or you go you study this and then you continue on that path you climb that ladder and i felt like such a failure when i was signed off work like when i started that job back in fashion i was like right i'm back on i'm back on track now like i can teach a bit of yoga on the side i can do that you know i can have that little tiny snippet of myself on mm. the side and then i'll have my job and i'll climb the ladder and i'll be back at this stage of life where i'm supposed to be by the time i'm 30 and like no that's a load of bullshit like what is this mm-hmm. what is this ridiculous made-up milestones that we've put in place for ourselves and how damaging is that to people when they don't reach them like I so I think reminding younger people as well or anyone whatever age you are that it's okay to change track and actually it's healthy to change track like why should we be the same people that we were when we were 18? 18 18 Mm -hmm. year old liz was complete nutcase like i wouldn't want to go back and be 18 Mm -hmm. again and you change and you grow and it's okay to change directions like i think it's actually a really healthy thing in life to you know to U-turn yeah so I would tell myself that and also just to be kinder to yourself because I think some of us are so harsh to ourselves and we treat ourselves so unkindly and actually by showing ourselves just a little bit more compassion and kindness we can be so much happier and so much mm. more well in ourselves so yeah that, that's that's what I'd like to yeah, tell yeah I'm
1: working on a, <laughs> a project at the moment and I dug out some of my old journals like this one journal that I think it was the first one that I started I called it the rad book of healing and it's so like that it's oh like god. I think it's from 20 might be from 2016 or something like
0: feeling is such a
1: good title oh my god it had rad. Yeah, I literally felt like crying reading some of it like some of the journal entries where I was just like wow I can't believe I used to think that stuff about myself yeah like it reminded me just how far I've come actually, you know, like in terms of my mindset and how I feel about myself. And like, yeah. cause I think sometimes you can feel like you haven't really made any progress. <laughs> I do anyway. Sometimes I'm like, I haven't made any progress. And then I look back and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you have actually you've done you've done quite a lot actually Totally, um, oh, really totally so yeah it's an interest, <laughs> interesting journey but it's, it's good to look back in that way I think sometimes and realize that I had no compassion for myself whatsoever I just was yeah. so unkind and um that just causes more stress
0: oh my god and it's kind of once you start to notice those thought patterns like that's the one thing I've really taken away from you know being on this journey towards well-being I think sometimes we think we're going to arrive at this point and be like wow I'm 100% well I love my body I love myself I love my job like I am well but actually it's not like that end goal that we're moving towards like in the day-to-day like I've noticed over the past years of doing the work that now like I speak to my body so much more kindly whereas I used to look in the mirror and be like oh you're fat oh you're this oh mm. why can't you oh you're this like so nasty and mm. I've just really started through you know more compassion focused therapy and just compassion work talk like changing that inner voice to be kinder and really pulling myself up on it when I yeah. noticed myself talking harshly to myself yeah and I think that internal work um is is what a lot of us need to do to actually just to because well, we can reprogram it right like that's what we absolutely, know
1: absolutely but not. I think it's ongoing and I think if you <laughs> don't you. watch it it creeps back in like I have an alarm that's going off with some new affirmations that I'm trying to work on because I've nice. noticed a couple of negative things creeping in that I'm telling myself and it I mean it's it's negative so actually whatever but you know when you're like I don't feel like it's as bad as my it's nowhere near what I used to say about myself but yeah. I have started to notice and then I thought well what am I doing differently and I thought I'm not really practicing affirmations at the moment yeah what do I say to people all the time I called somebody out on um <laughs> Instagram the other day because they were like affirmations don't work and I'm like well, that's just not true and I <laughs> no, think it's really no. unhelpful when you tell people that affirmations don't work because actually. We know that they work. There's scientific proof behind affirmations working, and it's because yeah. they create neuro new neuro pathways in the brain. However, you're not <laughs> going to create a new neuro pathway for "I am lovable," "I am a millionaire," "I am really good with my money," "Everybody loves me," "I have yeah. the most famous podcast in the world." Wink. <laughs> 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 You're not going to ha- be able to imprint those things if you spend the rest of your day going, I'm skint, nobody likes me, this is awful, work's so stressful, I can't manage, I'm not okay. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know, like if you spend your whole day doing that, you are actually practicing your affirmations, you're just not practicing the ones that you want
0: yeah so exactly. my,
1: my affirmations used to be I'm fat I'm stupid I'm disgusting nobody likes yes. me like nobody likes me came in didn't it when we did that zoom the other day <laughs> we were yes. a, f- a few of us really good friends did a had a zoom meeting because we none of us live in the same place anymore <laughs> and Liz was like going to do a beautiful guided meditation for us And so she said, oh, can you make me the host, babe, so that I can share uh, the music? And I said, yeah, sure. And as I went to make her the host, my brain told me she only wants to be made host so she can kick you out of the meeting because she doesn't like you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is always like the funniest thing for your brain to think because we've been mates
1: for years. (laughs) But this is where anxiety, and this is what I mean about staying on top of it, right? Because they're the thoughts that I always used to have that I believed. But instead, yeah. what happened was I went, oh my god, guys, you're never going to believe what my brain just told me, and we all sort of <laughs> giggled about it. And then, it, you know, it was a bit of an in joke. But the, yeah. the thing is, I used to have those thoughts all the time, and I yeah. believed them, and I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> so then it would ruminate in my head, and I would have sat through that meditation. Well, in fact, I wouldn't have been meditating years ago. But I, you know, whatever we were doing, I would have sat there, and I, and that thought would have continued to propel into. I'm just waiting for you to kick me out of the meeting. Nobody even wants me here. Like no, none of them like you. You know, you've got no value.
0: Yeah, but there,
1: in that, that's an affirmation. Yeah, you know, yeah, but exactly. you don't, you that's don't what realize you're
0: the energy too, isn't it? Like it's yeah. you know, what they say about energy. Um, emotions are energy in motion. Yeah. But when we have, when we allow those kind of emotions to take over and those inner critical thoughts to kind of become like the narrative of our lives well then of course that's what we're going to experience like that's what we're kind of manifesting for ourselves and you know I think it can sometimes sound a little bit woo-woo but actually it's it's very um, practical, really. Like the more you think negative thoughts, the more you're going to feel shit about yourself, the more you can train your brain and you can remind yourself to think positive things or not, you know, not to to be positive all of the time, but to focus on those affirmations and what you want to be bringing into your life. Then of course that's going to start, you know. Yeah. I think this
1: is partly why I love EFT because in EFT, we always say, even though.
0: Yeah. You're not trying
1: to, pretend everything's fine when it's not you know it could be even though I'm going through a divorce I'm learning to love myself anyway even though I hate my job I'm learning to love myself anyway even though I'm depressed right now you know that's where I started with tapping even though I'm depressed and I hate myself and I think all these horrible thoughts about myself I'm learning to accept that part of myself and I'm learning how to love myself and be compassionate towards myself and it's like yeah. that pseudo fake fake it till you make it pretend everything's okay thing I think that's just a uh, spiritual bypassing masking
0: yeah. and
1: very very damaging but I also Feeling. think it's like toxic you can, positivity isn't it yeah but you can <laughs> accept I'm not where I want to be in my life right now but I'm taking steps towards, move, you know, I'm moving towards the things that I do want in life. So I might yeah, be in the pit exactly. of depression. You know, when I was sat at home in my mum's house, 32, I thought my life was done. Do you know what I mean? I really did. I was the same as you when you said about really? your career. <laughs> but you know, when you sit there and you think, I'm fucked. Like, oh, my God. I don't know who I am. I, my career that I've spent 12 years building is in the can. Yeah. Like... I can't work in that industry anymore. I can't work in sales anymore. No way, because that is so stressful and I can't deal with stress. So who am I and what the hell am I going to do? And I'm just sat in my childhood bedroom. I'm 32. Like, (laughs) what? I thought I was supposed to be married and have a house and be like rich and have kids and whatever by now. And I'm just depressed in my mom's house.
0: (laughs) Well, we were in exactly the same, I wish we'd known each other then. But isn't it? It's that danger of these kind of, these things that we tell people as a society, like you're supposed to have done X by this. You've got to have, you know, you've got to bought your house by this time. You're supposed to be married by this time. Like, why? Yeah. Why, why, why? It doesn't and work you,
1: for a lot of people. But also I think a lot of that stuff is really outdated because when you think people yeah. used to die when they were 50 yeah. or 60, So, of course, you're going to get married in your 20s because that's nearly halfway through your life. Yeah. And of course, you're going to like need to have a career and whatever, because actually, if you look at how culture was, a lot of women didn't have careers. So the man would have to be in a stable position to be able to look after the family and all that kind of stuff. But in reality, the way the world works now, you can work from home. You can, ha- you know, I'm not saying women can have it all because I think that's also a bit of a lie that's been peddled to us. And <laughs> now we're exhausted trying yeah. to have trying to have it all. But um <laughs> you know that's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> but I think it's that thing of just realizing your journey is your journey and wherever you are on that. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I say at the end of the gong bars, which um is a one of the Reiki prayers is you know everything's happening in the right time space and sequence you're exactly where you need to be in your life right now yeah and I just think coming back to that as an affirmation for people you can have that one for free exactly exactly what one thing do you wish you'd known about anxiety before you knew it
0: One thing do I wish I know. know. Do you know what I wish I knew about anxiety is that um, you don't need to be scared of it, like. I laugh a lot at my anxiety now I find it really funny like I find myself really hilarious with some of my anxieties and I share them a lot now like I'll be like wow it's so funny that I thought that ridiculous thought like you with the yeah getting into the meeting and like learning that you know anxiety or any mental health problems or issues I kind of even hate that they're called issues and problems like mental health is part of us right mm. like my anxiety is part of me as a person my relationship mm. with stress is part of me as a person it isn't something that I want to battle. With my whole life, like it's just part of me, but I can manage how much I let it affect me. um And I think there's so many tools out there that are so simple, and you know, are not don't cost the earth. Like no. my favorite tool that I just want to share. Um, Please, this is the one that has. I think this is the this is the one tool that I was I was shared it, I was it was shared with me in therapy. When I finally went to therapy, and um, and it's compassion based. And it's basically just the idea of having a compassionate voice that you use. And for me, it really resonated for it to be my grandmother, who was like my best Mm. friend. And when she'd passed away, and I missed her so much. And when my therapist said to me, Who would you, who's always spoken to you with compassion? And I thought, Yeah, my grandmother never said like a negative word to me in my whole life. It was just like pure love. And still to this day, whenever I clock myself being really harsh or whether when I'm like having an anxiety attack and, um, and I'm, you know, those spiraling thoughts or those negative thoughts are coming in, my grandmother's voice comes into my mind. Or I think to myself, like, use the compassionate voice. And I just feel immediately calmed down. Mm -hmm. And I'll hear her saying, you know, breathe, like, all the things that you know your best friend would say to you or someone who really cares she would say to you rather than letting those anxious narratives kind of take over yeah. and me, that compassionate voice is really simple and it's something that comes with you everywhere like yeah. once you start using it and once you start putting those neural pathways in place <laughs> yeah. absolutely it's a tool it's a really simple tool and i think that that for me is is definitely something i wish my oh, younger self had felt that. That.
1: I love that talk and I I use something very similar which was essentially the question how can I be more loving towards myself in this moment yeah how can I and then on repeat because sometimes you probably with your compassionate voice I don't know if you have the same thing but I've definitely had that experience where my anxiety or my depression or whatever will say to me like I don't know you're, you're a piece of shit or whatever it's gonna say and then my compassionate voice would be like you don't have to believe everything you think like you're amazing don't worry about it and then yeah. that little voice will be like don't listen to that voice and then I'm like am I having an <laughs> argument with myself in my head but then over time what I found was you know the more that that happened the more I would find the compassionate voice winning or if yes. I just ask myself over and over again, how can I be more loving to myself? Or bring me a more loving thought
0: or yeah. bring me a
1: more compassionate thought. Ooh, like love that. and just repeating that because it's quite hard to think negative things about yourself if you're repeating almost like a mantra. Yeah. How can I be more loving? How can I be more compassionate to myself? How can I be more loving? How can I be more compassionate to myself? You know, on like a little mm. repeat with a nice balanced breath and yeah. then suddenly it's like oh okay cool that the compassionate voice will build yeah. but i love that idea of personifying it and making it like your grandma
0: or or something yeah. like that you know or just—it so, doesn't even need to be someone you know. It could be someone you'd love to know or have in your life. So, I, and I feel like that compassionate yeah. figure is a really nice tool. When you say, like, "I now have a Disney movie idea," <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I now have a Disney character in my head who's like really cute with those big Disney eyes. Who's like, you're fun. amazing." <laughs> <laughs> love it. What am I going to call her? Compassionate Claire. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so is there anything else that uh, you want to
0: share before we kind of sign off? Just thank you for sharing this time and space with me my love it was such a pleasure you know I always love to talk about mental health Um, and I guess if if anyone's listening who is struggling with their mental health which is most of us I think at the moment so just know you're not alone and please try and talk to someone whether it is your GP whether it is a friend a family member somebody at work someone on the street that you don't know whoever you feel comfortable confiding in that is one thing I just wish I had done more of and I think that is such a brave first step to just ask for help and share how you're feeling
1: absolutely thank you so much for being here if people want to find out more about your work where's the
0: best place for them to find you I am Liz Joy Wellbeing on Instagram um I've deleted Facebook for my for my mental health so <laughs> not I'm not that. on Facebook but I'm on Instagram and my Website is Elizabeth Joy Wellbeing, uh, where you can find out more.
1: Love it. So go check out Liz. And to the listeners, thank you so much for being here. As always, so much love. Until next time. <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye.